The issue of where to domicile a fund has never been more complicated for US fund managers. Regulatory pressures are increasing, with firms often needing to locate funds outside of their traditional domiciles. Many firms are also looking for capital outside the country because of constraints on US-based LPs caused by the denominator effect. So, can domiciling in Europe aid this process? Today's special episode is sponsored by Jersey Finance, a non-profit organisation formed in 2001 to represent and promote the Channel Island of Jersey as an international financial centre. Here, Jersey Finance's head of funds, Elliot Refson, and the firm's business lead in the Americas, Philip Parecki, explain how borders are shifting and sharpening for private funds, creating a whole new dynamic in terms of domiciles. I'm Hannah Roberts, Special Projects Editor at Private Equity International, and this is Spotlight. The idea that regulators are increasingly scrutinising private funds' activities is unlikely to come as news to anyone working in financial markets. But what does this mean for the wider fund domiciliation market? Hareki, who is the America's lead for Jersey Finance, explains. It marks, I think, a change in the way capital has crossed borders over the past 30 years or so. So if you allow me to take a sort of broad brush approach, there was an emphasis on capital efficiency, cross-border capital efficiency, meaning you wanted to have the capital move from one location to another location simply without any burdensome regulatory disruption or tax leakage meaning investors wanted to be able to make investments globally, receive those returns, pay their taxes locally, freed up an extraordinary amount of capital to move around the world and get put to work. But what has become clear is that over the past decade and is increasing year on year is that the regulatory environment is evolving, meaning this era of cross-border capital efficiency is over in a way. It's no longer going to be the way that we operate. So what does this mean for investors who want to work with international finance centres, or IFCs as they're known? That really means for an investor is that as you want to put capital to work and you're looking for opportunities, your structure needs to take into account that regulators are going to view where you are and how you've structured as part of their analysis. And I think that's changed. It's become sharper. These lines between jurisdictions have become sharper. And it really is important for IFCs to work in that framework. Does this mean the environment has become more challenging for managers, especially those based in the US, who are looking to raise funds or domicile in places like Jersey? Can I say it's evolved and changed? And regulators have evolved and changed. And they're making demands, not just of sort of the financial industry that has a direct exposure to retail investors, but also at the institutional level. Again, I don't think it's better or worse. I think we're dealing with a more sophisticated environment. And so if you're a U.S. manager, going into it, what you sort of have to accept is that this evolution has created a more uh, robust regulatory environment, which you have to respond to. Looking at the future of fund domiciliation trends requires a looking to the past as well, Rosen says. In the very early days of international financial centres, they each set out to establish a different market. The Caribbean had a very cost-effective market aimed at the US in those days. Now, Given the increase in regulation, in order to stay relevant in an international marketplace, those Caribbean jurisdictions are having to play catch-up 
and to comply with the international regulations. I think that if a U.S. manager is just focused on the U.S., then that's absolutely fine. But if the U.S. manager is focused on a more international market, they really are struggling to use the jurisdictions that they've historically used. And similarly, those jurisdictions are struggling to meet the requirements in terms of the people on the ground, in terms of the substance that's required. Refson gives an example of what U.S. managers are looking for these days when it comes to raising capital from a European investor group. There are a number of factors that are directly under the manager's control. They are you know, the state of the market, the competitiveness of the market, their own activity, etc. But there's also a number of elements that a manager can't control. For example, the increased regulatory pressure, removal of reverse solicitation, regulatory uncertainty, geopolitical uncertainty. These areas are not within the remit of the manager, but they can be mitigated by the manager's choice of a jurisdiction. You know, from a Jersey perspective, our message to managers is you focus on your job and what you can control, and we'll do ours to offer political and fiscal stability. We will maintain robust but proportional regulation with a minimum change outlook. And what this means to the manager is it takes off the table the risks and uncertainty to them and their investors, which in practice means no red flags and no surprises. Stability was a hot topic for global financial markets at the time of this interview. Against a backdrop of rising inflation, hikes in interest rates, valuation challenges and fears surrounding the denominator effect, the idea of certainty would likely be one that appeals to managers. Refson says there is nuance to be found when it comes to domiciling a fund that falls outside the scope of the EU's Alternative Investment Fund Managers Directive, which was introduced in 2013. He adds that Jersey's approach to domiciling can give US fund managers a route to market in the EU without domiciling onshore. If a manager is either based in or marketing into the EU, then he has to be fully compliant with the AIFMD. In Jersey, we have a slightly different model. We access the European market through the national private placement regime, and we have an opt-in, opt-out model to that. So if a US manager establishes a fund in Jersey and it is not raising capital in the EU, i.e. it's raising capital from the rest of the world, then it is fully out of scope for the AIFMD. If a manager has a fund that is marketing into the EU, then again, that access is covered by the national private placement regime. The last thing that they want to have happen is that they put a structure in place that allows them to raise capital, but they find themselves 12 months down the road or 18 months down the road or whatever, and this structure is no longer fit for purpose. And Parecki and Refson say that managers who overlook the changing regulatory frameworks run the risk of an awkward conversation with investors down the line. Let me just highlight that what we're talking about here is not theory. There are very practical, real examples of this. I'm sure many people will remember back in the day, all the hedge funds established in Bermuda Cayman came along with a better product and they all migrated from Bermuda to Cayman. You know, that's history. But let me give you a more recent example of this trend. That's in the securitization market. Last year in Jersey, we had over 130 entities either moved to Jersey or set up in Jersey from a standing start. They came from the Caribbean, and this trend was driven by investors. And we're seeing this um, actually start to move across to other asset classes. The 
choice of jurisdiction is critical. You want a jurisdiction that is not going to leave you in that type of position 12 months down the line because this is a very expensive and complicated operation to move from one jurisdiction to the other. And as part of that process, you need to speak to every single one of your investors and, and get their permission to do so. Which is probably not a problem when you're knocking the lights out and you're the number one performing fund in the world. But if you're in the middle of the pack, it can be a problem (laughs) to go to your investors and say, hey, by the way, we're going to restructure. You don't want to put yourself in that position. Earlier this year, Jersey launched a new LLC structure to attract U.S. alternatives managers looking to establish European-focused funds. This LLC is reminiscent of structures in Cayman and Delaware, which Parecki says goes back to the idea of stability. The LLC is a product that allows structuring lawyers, managers in the U.S. to have, it's basically a product that they can be very familiar with. Uh, You could have still accomplished these things that you wanted to accomplish without it, but it's an indication of a jurisdiction that's gone through the effort and the investment. Um, If you think about this as, you know, there are foundational laws that have had to be written. There is regulation that has to be put into place in order to create a product. And this product aimed at the U.S. market to start, Perry Pursuit LLC in Delaware or LLC in Cayman. This gives managers another product that they can use to fulfill the structuring needs and a familiar one which is a key component of any product, is you're familiar with it and you can rely on it. With regulators looking to bolster their oversight of private funds working across jurisdictions, would it be fair to say that the borders in themselves are becoming clearer? Parecki thinks so. When things become sharper like this, jurisdictions aren't fungible. You can't simply say, well, it doesn't matter where I structure. It's offshore, so I can be in this country or this country or this country, whatever, that they're sort of irrelevant. I just need an offshore structure. That era is over, right? Maybe not if some jurisdictions, but it is certainly over if you're looking to raise capital from European investors, for certain, that is over. So the consequences are that some jurisdictions are better suited than others for solving that problem. And in this particular context, with respect to Europe, Jersey's in a particularly strong position to solve problems for U.S. managers with respect to raising capital in Europe. And actually, it's a very interesting point to make to say that it doesn't matter whether the regulatory changes are driven by political demands or by regulators. They are what they are, and we are where we are. Parecki highlights the benefits of familiarity for U.S. managers looking to raise capital in Europe. Oftentimes, You would have heard a manager say, well, if you need to raise capital in Europe, you have to go onshore. And I have not met anyone who raises capital in Europe that is onshore that enjoys that experience. It is important to note that culturally for U.S. managers, the way of conducting business, meaning the contracts that you use, the way lawyers interact with you, the speed it goes to market, the cost that you anticipate, these things matter. And you want to be a familiar cost base with familiar laws, same language, familiar structure, then you can still access the market using Jersey in a way that you would imagine you would have always accessed the market. So I'm conscious of the fact that there's nuance here. It's not 
just because it, things have become sharper and some jurisdictions are no longer the simple solution, it doesn't mean you can't find an elegant solution to market that's just faster, more efficient, more cost-effective, and familiar. You can still do that. You just have to actually broaden your exposure to a jurisdiction like Jersey that you might not have been familiar with in the past. But now this jurisdiction can solve a problem for you in a way that won't feel burdensome. Let me just make it perfectly clear. This is not a new phenomenon. Uh, this has been going on for many years with managers and US managers establishing in Jersey to access Europe. To put numbers on it, we have over 200 independent managers who are marketing over 360 funds into Europe. The AUM that we have in Jersey has grown by 72% over five years and 142% over the past 10 years. So the scenario that Philip's outlining is nothing new. It's been developing over the past 10 years, in fact, since AIFMD was established. What's at stake for finance centres that fail to keep abreast of the latest trends in regulatory and investor appetite? Refson's answer to that question is simple. Everything. The fact is that jurisdictions that do not evolve die out. Jurisdictions have to keep reinventing themselves. The US market is you know, three times the size of the European market. The European market deserves to be able to structure in other jurisdictions in the same way that they structure at home. You know, we've seen a lot of interest in Jersey from the US market, from US managers, from US lawyers, because we offer stability, we offer political stability, fiscal stability, we offer a minimal change outlook from a legal, regulatory or economic perspective, we have world-class infrastructure, we have a broad and deep expertise of personnel with 14,000 people who work in the finance industry, and, you know, they are all significant reasons why U.S. managers choose Jersey. Stability is key. How does Jersey compare with other jurisdictions here? If you were to go back 20 years or so, Jersey was seen as overregulated, expensive and inflexible as an alternative funds jurisdiction. And the reason for that is that the government of Jersey, the regulator within Jersey, they set out to adopt the highest standards at the outset, to embrace and be early adopters of regulation and legislation. But if you fast forward to today, Jersey seen as proportionately regulated, innovative and competitive. And if you just look at what's changed in the interim, other jurisdictions have had to play catch up with the legislation that's been coming down the pipe, whereas Jersey was an early adopter of it. Jersey set out to be this gold standard. Other jurisdictions set out to be very cost competitive. But now, in order to stay viable, they are having to implement various legislation in order to catch up to the position that Jersey is in. That was Elliot Refson and Philip Parecki of Jersey Finance. If you want to hear more episodes of Spotlight, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or at any of PEI Group's various titles online. I'm Hannah Roberts. Thanks for listening.